It's yeah. not a major. Yeah. Like it's it's you know the fifth major. It's like being the tallest fucking midget. Yeah, pricing was out really early for this week. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is At The Helm Sports. I'm your host, Derek Helm. Thank you for joining me for episode 63. Please be sure to follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a five-star review would be greatly appreciated. This week, we will be diving into the 2023 Players' Championship. Quickly, I will recap last week at the Arnold Palmer. Good for Kirk Kitayama. I'm sure not a lot of people really had him. I definitely did not have him at all in DraftKings, so it was pretty abysmal as far as the week-long contests go. Luckily, I was saved by the showdown lineups that I put in. Basically came top 20 in every round, so that was nice. I think I was 20th, 14th, 6th, and 10th, so that saved my week, but... Otherwise, week-long was not good at all. It was really, really nice on, on Sunday seeing just that leaderboard was insane. There were so many big names, you know, surging towards the top of the leaderboard. And it looked like every single time somebody came into the lead, they just fell right back. And good for Kitayama. You know, he, he faced some adversity, the triple bogey, and, and just came back, kept making big putts. So... Good for him, but it's on to the players, and I will be joined by the usual cast of characters. So let's break that one down, and hopefully we can win some money this week. Alright, so we are getting ready for the 2023 Players' Championship, the self-proclaimed fifth major of the year. And joining me is Dave Utnick. Dave, how we doing? Good, guys. How are you tonight? James Fitzpatrick, back from the dead. It's good, boys. And the casual corner, Mike Carpanini. Boys, how are you now? So we we get a another elevated event. Obviously, this one is always chock full of of big names, and it's always interesting at the players. There's water everywhere, so there can be some absolute carnage here. But Players has played at TPC Sawgrass. Pete Dye designed 7,189-yard par 72. Now, if you're looking for what type of grass is on the greens, good luck because it is Bermuda grass overseeded with Tiff Eagle Poa Trivialis Velvet Bent Grass. Yeah, good luck with that. So I wouldn't worry too much about the greens, but they are a little bit on the smaller side. They are multi-tiered and surrounded by water and bunkers. So definitely going to be interesting. It's actually one of the courses that has the most three putts outside of any of the majors. So definitely want to look at three putt avoidance here. And then also with smaller greens, greens and regulation percentage is is slightly below tour average. So you're going to want guys that are good out of the sand, good at scrambling, definitely going to go a long way this week. TPC Sawgrass is obviously the home of the famous Island Green, the 137-yard 17th hole, and plenty of water balls have happened there. So it's it's an interesting way to close out the tournament. Basically, the 18th hole is, is also a difficult one. There's a little bit of water on the, the course and actually plays as the hardest hole on the course. So it, it, it's a tough closing stretch. 
but 16 is actually a par five and the easiest hole on the course. So you'll want guys that, that are good with the par five scoring. They can do their scoring there and, and then just avoid the bogeys and avoid the danger on the rest of the holes. As I said, there's 24 acres of water and, and long bunkers that run along the fairways. So strategically placing your drivers or, or tee shots goes a long way. Definitely want accuracy over power here. And driving accuracy comes in right at about tour average at 63%. And ma- mainly that's because guys definitely want to put the ball in the right place. So really this week, I'll be looking at guys that are good on approach, par five scoring, scrambling, and a little bit of opportunities gained and, and some sand saves. Fitz, what, what are you looking at? Do you, anything I didn't touch on or, or what kind of golfers you, you think you're looking for here? Um, you pretty much touched it. I know this course, it can range on the type of winners you get here, but uh, you never go wrong targeting ball strikers. So, yeah, I definitely want people that uh, good ball striking, that smaller green to kind of hit their spots, good on approach. And, um, you know, bad putters have won here before. So I'm not going to really look at, look at putting much, even though I love good putters. Um, so, yeah, just, just good ball strikers and uh, guys that keep it in playoffs to avoid the trouble. Yep. Yeah. I I think that's the name of the game this week. And like you said, really, that's what I'm going to be focusing on is, is guys that are really good on approach. And just, if they happen to bring their putter this week, that's, that's going to go a long way here. Dave, what about you? Any, anything in particular you're looking for this week? Ball strikers again, you know, guys that keep it in play Um, pretty much everything that you guys touched on. Uh, I'm not really worried about putting Uh, looking for guys that are, you know, going to avoid penalties and, you know, uh, just stay in play and get it off the tee as well as on the approach. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, what, what about you? I mean, I know you love yourself some ball strikers that can't putt. So. I do like it, you know, insert tournament here and I want ball strikers. It's just what I always want. Um, it just, I know courses kind of, lean one way or the other but if you're putting tee shots in good positions if you're hitting irons close you know that cures a lot of ills around the green on the green sans like sand save isn't as uh, granted it's more important here than most places but sand save isn't important if you don't put it in the bunker um you know recovery percentage is not important if you keep the drive in play you know bogey avoidance is not really a thing when you're hitting 13 14 greens in regulation and around so um, you know, it's a tough thing to predict, you know, anyone who's played golf knows that swing can be drastically different, different month to month, week to week, day to day. But, you know, I, I just always love me some ball strikers. So this one's going to, you know, be my bread and butter, allegedly. Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you just said. And one thing that we do have to keep an eye on here all the time is obviously the weather last year absolute carnage there was 50,000 stops in play and they didn't finish till Monday so it doesn't look like right now there's a clear split and it really doesn't look like it's going to be terrible maybe somewhere around 15 mile an hour winds which is a good thing but that could change so but before lock I would just keep an eye on that but as of right now I'm really not too concerned about that so if we just jump into the pricing here obviously we have the top three that that we're having to make decisions about every week in the, these big events. And John Rahm, 11,800 is, is a pretty hefty price tag. 
obviously after round one last week, everybody thought that he was just coasting to another win and didn't really work out that way. Really smart Thursday afternoon. Yeah, un- unfortunately, there's a couple more days. Yeah, there left. was three more days, and I did end up. I ended up not looking very smart. But Thursday around eight o'clock at night, like it, I was the goddamn genius of this group. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of people felt that way, and it, it's going to be interesting this week because you know pe- people basically see that that Rom is human, and all of a sudden it looks like they're not really flocking to him as as much as they were. So he he could actually be the lower owned of these three. Rory probably will be the highest owned again of, of them, but I, I actually like Scotty Scheffler quite a bit here. He hasn't really played well here yet in his career, but you know, I give him a pass for last year. Obviously, with all that weather and all that chaos and, and stopping and starting, it, it's I'm gonna throw out a lot of last year and and really not really really take too much away from any of the guys that didn't do great here but statistically i think he's a strong fit for tpc sawgrass he's third in bogey avoidance fourth in opportunities gained fifth in good drives gained, and eighth on approach over the last 50 rounds so he's doing everything that you want here and and i'll I'll probably be the highest on scotty of of the top end guys now we do actually have xander over ten thousand. Looks like he's going to get squeezed a little bit, but we we can bring him in the conversation here too. But Dave, what are you looking at up top? Probably look for uh, leverage and ownership. <clears throat> you can't really pick apart any of these guys. They've all been playing great golf over the last cal- uh, calendar year and the last few months here. Uh, I think I'll let ownership and popularity kind of dictate what I'm doing here. If John Rahm is going to be the lowest owner of the group, uh, I'll be piling back into John Rahm on a bet that he's not actually human. Yeah, it's going to be hard, especially, you know, if there's a big gap in ownership, it's going to be hard not to to go to him. But Fitz, what what about you? Do you have a preference up top here? Do you think Xander even belongs over 10,000? Yeah, it's funny you you mentioned Xander because he's actually I don't know what it is. I just kind of got a a feeling about Xander this week. Um, I think it might be uh, might be a little breakthrough here. I can see him when it when in this. Um, as far as the top three guys, I say the safest is probably Scheffler. But with a, a tournament with this much volatility, I think I'm I don't know. I, I think I'm good kind of just fading all to the top three and then because uh, I really really love the balance build of these guys in the nines and the eights. Um, but if you're going to throw Xander in those in the top, uh, I think Xander's my favorite out of Scheffler, McElroy, and Rom. Yeah, it's it's. I wouldn't say he's my favorite out of them, but if he's going to come in low owned because people just don't think he deserves to be priced here, that's a different story. Now, generally, I don't know what it is. I I just don't like Xander. I don't like playing him. And he does tend to look like he's going to go a little on their own. And then all of a sudden he gets a bunch of steam and, and comes in pretty high owned. but the putter really hasn't I, been I, I there. Don't, I don't see, I don't see Xander getting a lot of ownership steam here. Um, honestly, um, especially, but you know, around all those guys that everyone's going to want to play. So that's kind of another kind of um, thing that's appealing to me playing Xander this week. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at is, you know, every week it's like, oh, nobody's playing Xander. And then all of a sudden he's at least 15% owned. I don't know that that's going to be the case this week because of where he's priced. And, you know, he ball striking wise, 
he makes a ton of sense. It's just the putter really hasn't been here, but we said it at the top. If if you're striking the ball well and you just happen to get a hot putter this week, Xander could definitely be in the conversation. But Mike, what what about you? What are, what are your thoughts on these guys up here? Uh, I mean, you guys mentioned most of them. I'm surprised Rom is still as high as he is after you know shitting the bed a little bit last three days last weekend. Um, you know, I know pricing is won't flux that much week to week. You probably need a couple of weeks to really get that back. But, um, you know, not that I give a shit about ownership, but I feel like with him being still way up there, 800 more than Rory, who almost chased it down, you know, I think you can fade some of the ownership just by going ROM. And, and yeah, last week was a little bit of a disaster, but weather played into that a little bit and he's still probably the best player in the world. So, you know, I'm I'm probably depending on what values we can find in about half an hour or so, you know, I might end up going back to Rob. Yeah, I, I don't mind it. I I actually probably do slightly prefer him over Rory. Rory's just been spraying it a little bit too much off the tee, and and that could get you in trouble here. So I'd probably lean Rom over him, but I th- I think that's a a good conversation about the guys at the top, but Max Homa, I will absolutely be playing. The the guy has been incredible this year. And I mean, last week it looked like he was on autopilot, just continued to hit greens and, and just great ball striking and just couldn't make a putt, but it looked like he was just treading water and still had a, had a great finish last week. So uh, I'm definitely playing Homa. Cantlay. I, I haven't really decided yet. He's also playing very well, but there's only so much ownership that you can really eat, especially up here at the top. And I think if he's he's going to get a little bit higher owned or even be close to what Homa is, I, I'd rather just play Homa. I mean, you could possibly start your lineups with the two of them. That's a possibility, but I'd, I'd much rather just play Morikawa right below him at, at a lower ownership. We said it, you want ball strikers, and, and if they can bring their putter, Morikawa and Justin Thomas might be, I, I might actually have the bulk of my lineup started with the two of them because Justin Thomas, same as I just said about Homa last week, that the ball striking and approach game was absolutely there, and he just could not hit a putt. So if that can flip a little bit this week, that definitely could see these guys at, at the top of the leaderboard. But Fitz, what, what are you looking at in the nines? Yeah, I actually really like uh, Cantley. I mean, he's low key, just playing really, really awesome golf. Um, I'm looking at this. You know, they say it's the fifth major. He's got you know the, the field and the major pricing. So I really like um, a balanced build here, um, fading those guys up top. I really like, uh, like I said, Cantley. Uh, love more Kawa pick. Like I said, guys are gonna get in the fairway. Uh, ball strikers hit their spots. Um, so for sticking in the nines, yeah, I really like Morikawa. Can't lay, can't can't argue against home of the guys. You know, put himself in a conversation with all these guys, and uh, and JT. Yep. Dave, what what about you? You got a preference in, in the nines? I mean, like you guys said, uh, Patrick Cantlay checks a lot of boxes. Uh, even Vegas kind of agrees his number is pretty outrageous, as low as it is this week. He's like 14 or 16 to 1 priced up with the big guys. So you're getting a nice discount as it relates to DraftKings. 
off of, you know, say John Rahm, uh, you know, you can really do a lot with that few thousand bucks that you're saving by going down to Cantlay. Uh, I like, you know, ball strikers like we were talking about, Morikara, Justin Thomas, Tony Finau. Uh, those are three of the guys that I'm really kind of honed in on uh, as it relates to the 9K range. Max Holm is still playing great golf. Um, you know, he really didn't get overlooked last week. I doubt he will this week either. Uh, he did carry some ownership. Uh, but that's probably where I'm headed in that range. Uh, but, you know, kind of agree with what you guys have been saying on all of them. Yeah, and, and Fitz, you brought up a good point. You know, in, in the way the pricing is, I think a lot of people actually will go with the balance build. It's just you can make such a nice lineup that you just look at it and fall in love with it. So I, I do think that's actually going to be a little bit popular. So just something to keep in mind if you do go a little bit stars and scrubs this week, because I, I think when we get there, there are some viable cheap options that just might be a little way to get different. If you're using a couple of these guys that, that are going to get a little bit popular, but there are, I, there are some, we'll get there, but there are some guys in, in the six K range, you know, especially like tournament like this, that, that I'm, that I'm good playing. Yeah. And I I actually like Finau quite a bit here too. 9200, 9, not a bad price for him. He hasn't been great here, really some mixed results. Missed the cut the last 2 years, came 22nd in 2019, so not really great finishes, but statistically he he's been pretty good. Actually very good. First first in approach second and bogey avoidance second and good drives gained 11th and opportunities gained over the last 50 rounds and he's finished top 25 in all six of his appearances this year just really hasn't looked like he's completely had it all together this year and and still has great finishes so i'll definitely be playing some of him and i'm not really sure what i want to do with sung jay yet i i feel like this is a great place for him but I don't know. There just seems to be something a little bit off the past couple of weeks with him. But Mike, how, well, how you feeling his, about what's his, what's his history like here, M? M? Yeah, fifty-five last year. Like I said, though, last year in, in that weather, who cares? He did come seventeenth in twenty twenty-one and missed the cut in twenty nineteen. So, not bad yeah. results. Missed the cut the first time here and and was kind of crappy in the weather last last year, but. Mike, what are your thoughts on the 9K range? You, you got a preference or? We sort of half shit all over Patrick Cantlay last week, and he just went out there and top five. Um, might go back there. Like, I'm not going to not gonna make that mistake again. And it does. It, it is a course that kind of fits him well. Uh, I will a thousand percent go back to him. Like, he's just so steady. Um, I know. You know, last week you're saying that that bottom has to drop out eventually just at the volume in which he plays. But, you know, I'm going to make him make him show me the, the you know, the fallout before I go away from there. Um, you know, I actually like the 8K range way better than the 9K range. So I'm, I'm just not going to, you know, I'm not so going to be heavy in this area. So start us off there. Who, who do you like in the 8K range? I like a lot of that AK range. I think Hovland is is more than viable here. Uh, Jason Day is still just cruising along, being a top 10 golfer in the world again, and he's down here at a $2,000 discount. Um, Hatton has shown signs of putting it together. Um, you know, Decky in a ball striker course. Like, I know it's been really 
rough with Decky lately, but you know, if there was ever going to be a bounce back course for him, like this might be it. Um, you know, Fitzy didn't quite get all the way up there last week for me, but you know, he, he, he was in it all week. You know, that wasn't looking so bad. Um, you know, Spieth is still finding ways to hold it together. Like this entire AK range is just, you know, uh, I'm kind of very intrigued here. Yeah, I agree that there are a lot of things to like. Definitely love the hobbling call. We, we keep talking about the ball strikers and, you know, if I think on Saturday he hit 16 of 18 greens in regulation, which is fucking ridiculous in it especially at, at Bay Hill in, in a little bit of wind that, so he he's definitely got the ball striking and you mentioned Spieth. We talked about last week, how just that putter it's, it's in his head and it was insane. He was drilling stuff left and right from, from deep. And then all of a sudden he had a four hole stretch where he just couldn't hit anything inside of 10 feet. So but he, he's been striking the ball really, really well. I know he's potentially dealing with a back injury that a lot of people are talking about. But because of that, you're probably going to get him at six, maybe eight percent ownership. So I, I think in big GPPs, it, it's worth taking a stab there. But Dave, what, what are your thoughts on, on the AK range? I've got my doubts on Spieth. I mean, he he should have won that tournament last week. And I don't know how he bounces back from giving away the last couple of holes and those putts that he missed uh, if that carries over to this week. Plus, like you said, he tweaked his back a little bit on, I don't know, one of the last couple of holes there. It didn't seem to be a concern, but, you know, with the talent around him, enough of a reason to make you want to fade him. Uh, I like to call on Jason Day. I bet him at 55 to 1 on Saturday. Um, Also like Cameron Young in this range. Really competed last week, was in it until the end, played pretty terrible on Sunday. Uh, but ball striking-wise, over the last six months, um, he's up there with the best of them. Um, really like a lot what he can do there. Victor Hovland ripped my heart out last week as he decided to put a ball into the water when he was on his way to a victory as well. Um, but a lot of the guys that we already covered, Hatton's playing great golf gets the discount from the early pricing here down at 8,300 after having a really good week. Uh, And Tom Kim, Tom Kim, I think can compete with all of the best guys on tour and, you know, for his price at what we're talking about, I think he's got decent win equity. Yeah. I I'm actually surprised too. It doesn't look like his ownership is, is really getting up there too high. It looks like a lot of people in that range are just going today. I I like Tom Kim. I don't know how much of him I'm going to play just because Mike, you said it, I, I I might live in this AK range. It's just, there's so many guys that I like and I don't want to like Jason day, but everything just points to him be, being a good play. He's, he's been so good this year, obviously won the players back in 2016. He's made the cut five straight times prior to last year. So it's a place he likes. He seems to be in form. He's third in total strokes gain, second in strokes gain putting, and first in bogey avoidance over the last 24 rounds. So he's going to be pretty chalky, but I I think I'm going to have to eat that chalk with Day. I like Shane Lowry and Hatton. You know, if it's going to play a little bit difficult, maybe if the weather picks up a little bit, I, I would like those two even more. And Fitzpatrick, like you said, Mike, 
he he had a good tournament. It was really just Saturday that that really hurt him a lot, but seems to be healthy and and he's probably going to go a little bit overlooked here too. So I, I really like this AK range. Fitz, what about you? Yeah, totally agree. I love this AK range. It's just stacked. You know, we got like I said, kind of major pricing here where you can just uh, go very balanced and just live in this AK range. I mean, I think we mentioned everyone, but uh, yeah, Jason Day, he's going to be chalky, but I mean, it's kind of thing where it's like, don't overthink it. The guy, you know, you mentioned it all. You know, he's won here before. Great history here, playing great. He's healthy. Um, I really, really, I, I disagree with you, Nick, on, um, on Spieth. Um, I think Spieth, uh, yeah, he kind of gave it away last week, but I don't think that's, you know, you see Spieth get on these runs, you know, I think he can kind of carry that over it. And I wouldn't be surprised if he just came out here and won, um, won the players this week. Uh, we talked about ball strikers, Will Zalatoris. I know, you know, he hasn't really been, been right, but um, another one I can see coming out here and win. Love the Hovland call, love Fitchy, Cam Young. The one I really disagree with is I don't think Hatton has a temperament to win here. Um, but I like Lowry. I mean, just th- this whole range. Um, yeah, I'll have pretty much, a piece of all of them, but uh, my favorites are probably Hovland's Alatoris Spieth here at the top. But yeah, this range is uh, I'll play pretty much all these guys. And Hatton, a lot went of Hatton went on full tilt on Sunday, also after missing a couple of easy putts. So yeah, dude, yeah, it's said uh, you could see him it, with the wind or where one shot goes in the water, a guy's gonna lose, he'll, he'll lose his shit. I don't think he has, yeah, but that, that, to, uh, that's one thing though. You saw him lose his shit last week and still look at where he finished. You know, Piper yeah. has lost his shit like religiously for the last twenty years. Like exactly, you, you, know, you, you, compare, you comparing Tiger with Hatton? I'm comparing the mentality of losing your shit sometimes. Like you know, every I don't even kind know. of Hatton, Hatton's on another level of losing his shit, man. I got that guy's a head case. Ah, eh, we all lose our shit sometimes. Like cut the guy a break. Yeah, but I'm not. We're, we're not pros either. <laughs> but but the big thing too is at 8300, you don't need him to win either. Yeah, so. If, if he can give you a yeah. performance like he did last week, that more than pays off for this price tag. Yeah, don't don't disagree. Like I said, this whole this whole AK range is stacked, and like I said, I'll, you know, probably I wouldn't uh, see having a piece of pretty much everyone here. Yeah, that that's pretty much how it's looking. Now, if we dip down into the sevens here, it's it's going to be interesting because I I think ownership is going to kind of focus in on on a couple guys. Siwoo Kim, 7,600. Looks like he's going to be one of the more popular guys down here, and and obviously for good reason. He's got a tra- great track record at, at Pete Dye Design Courses. He won the players back in 2017, came ninth here in 2021. So he's actually looked pretty good this year. Gained stroke strokes off the tee in all but one of his appearances at Sawgrass. So you like that if he if he's putting the ball in the right place off the tee. And then so far this year has three top 25 finishes outside of, of the win. So some some good performances, some good history. It, it makes sense that people are going to him and I'll definitely play some Siwoo. I like Chris Kirk. Been been in good form, you know, kind of came back to earth a little bit last week, but you know, it, it was windy, and I'll give him a pass for that. I'll, I'll go back to him here. I don't think he's going to be too popular. And then probably going to be the chalkiest in this range is, is Keegan Bradley. Been playing well, so I, I could see it, but I could see fading him here. I mean, we we saw the Saturday round. He made up for it on Sunday, but 
he went full Keegan. So uh, I'm I'm fine if everybody's going to be going there, playing a couple of these other guys. And Corey Connors and Keith Mitchell are are pretty cheap too for for what they provide. So they'll they'll probably get some ownership too. But Dave, what what are you looking at in the sevens? I mean, you nailed it. There's a couple of guys that are just mispriced for this field, um, and everyone's going to want to play them. Uh, they're not bad plays at all. Um, you know, there's definitely justification for playing all these guys. Chris Kirk's been playing great golf, 7,900. Uh, you know, he can really compete here. I started playing Ricky Fowler last week. Uh, worked out, so I'm going to go back to the well and do it again. Uh, it's another one where he's had good tournament history, and he just seems to be getting the ship righted. So I'll stick with good golf here. And Tom Hoagie uh, does some interesting things. I like the Keith Mitchell call, but Tom Hoagie again, ball striking, uh, just a you know skill set that I like for this range here. Maybe Denny McCarthy and Taylor Montgomery with hot putters on a difficult course, but we're starting to reach now. Yeah, it, it definitely gets a, a little bit thin here. I like the hoagie call. You know, he's he's great on approach, good with the ball striking. So I I think, you know, you're probably going to get him at half the ownership of Connors, and, and they have somewhat similar games. I, I think hoagie's probably a little bit better with the bogey avoidance, but I, I like the hoagie call. Mike, what, what about you? You like anything down here? Who remembers Ricky's smoke show girlfriend when he won here a few years ago? Like that, that was a, that was still when the, the, this tournament was after the masters because it was mother's day weekend and he ran immediately to that dime piece well, that was with him. Well, 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 we all know you remember you creepy I, old man. I do remember dude. She was a fucking dime. I don't know if he's still with her or not, but God damn. I remember thinking I, that at the time. What year was sliding that up, a few sliding years up, ago? Sliding those DMs, bro. <laughs> Not my style, dude. Uh, what, what? By a few years ago, I probably mean a decade ago at this point because Ricky's been shit for a while. But whatever, mm. I'll go back to Ricky again. Uh, I'm going to go back to Chris Kirk again. Um the gala, I guess he's he's holding it together. Like I'm not seeing as much value in this seven area as you guys are. Like I'll kind of pick some spots. Uh, Keith Mitchell is still, I think, decent value for his price. Uh, but I, I'm I'm gonna be higher and a couple of stabs lower than this. I'm just not. It's such a dense 7K range. Like there is a ton of dudes in the 7K range, but I'm yeah. just not enthralled by a lot of them. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, that's a ton of dudes, but not many that I want to play. Yeah, you got to you got to take your stances here and, and, you know, make a decision if you want to eat the chalk with Keegan, Corey Connors and Keith Mitchell, because that's pretty much who everybody's going to play in this range. And if you could find someone else that you like, like if you like Hoagie or, or want to take a stab on what one about, of these other guys. Uh, what about Harris English? It's all the way at the bottom of it at seven thousand. Yeah, he he's been playing well. He's just never played well here, which which scares me a little bit. You know, and I'm not trying to look too much into to course history, isn't, but isn't uh isn't KH Lee at like TPC courses a thing? Yep. Yeah, TPC Lee. Yep, and and it doesn't yep. look like I mean, he's really getting the ownership. So yeah, I mean if it's not windy, not and if bad. Gonna, yeah, 
going to be a lot of birdies and not windy. You know, I'll play Cage Lee, um, play some Harris English. Um, I like Sigala and uh, maybe Henley. Corey Connors, I actually, I like. We're talking about ball strikers. Guys um, hit their spots. Um, I tailed you with Seamus Power last week, Derek. That didn't work out too good. No, no. Go it back. Uh, <laughs> he imploded. So I won't do no Seamus Power, but I'll play Ricky. Um, I'll play Corey Connors. And uh, like I said, maybe some Cage Lee and some Harris English. And yeah. I, I, go ahead. A couple more names down here that I'm looking at. Uh, Sepp Straka. Uh, you know, has a win on under his belt, decent ball striking recently. Thomas Jetry has been playing really well. And Mike, I'll throw this one to you. Actually, Ben Griffin is another one that I like at 7,100. But if you're not playing Ben Griffin at 7,100, Mike is Adam Hadwin, the safest $7,100 this week. He is not. Uh, <laughs> I will, I will jump off that bandwagon real quick. Uh, if I'm going to go at 7,100, I'm going with Wyndham Clark. Yeah, I, I love Wyndham Clark this week. And, you know, generally you're looking at he he's looked at as a bomber, but he's actually been playing well on shorter courses. And I, I think he could do pretty good here. He hasn't missed a cut since the second week of October. His best finish this year, 10th place at the Waste Management. So he's he's got a good finish this year and, and played pretty well. He's gained strokes on approach in eight of his last nine tournaments, and he's ninth on strokes gained approach and sixth in DraftKings scoring over the last 24 rounds. So at only 7,100, I I think those are some pretty good stats, and uh, I'm definitely going to go to Wyndham Clark. I like the call on, on Detry, too. You know, good at the bogey avoidance. Ben Griffin has been solid lately, so d- don't mind going there, but... I, th- I think that's pretty much it for the 7K range. So now we can kind of dive into the 6K and, and see if there's some value here that we could pull out. Obviously, Kitayama just won last week, 6,900, and nobody's going to go back to him. So I don't love it, but it does make sense, and, and he's going to be low-owned, so why not? Webb Simpson, 6,800. He's, he's going to be low-owned as well and actually has been showing some flashes recently of, of old web. So I think that's all right. Johnny Vegas also been playing well this year. Looks like he's probably going to be the highest owned in the 6K range, but nothing really crazy. But Fitz, why don't you start us off with, with the sixes? What, what are you looking at here? Yeah, yeah, you mentioned a couple of them there. I mean, Webb Simpson um, is actually playing pretty well. You know, 6,800 um, Webb Simpson. I'll go there. He's won here before, uh, so he's got some some good memories. Uh, Kitayama, yeah, just coming off a win in the 6K range. I'll play him. I like uh, Davis Riley down at 6,500. Um, I'll play him. Um, Adam Spenson, real good on approach. You know, maybe uh, don't mind him. Um, I'm scrolling now, but uh, yeah, Pat, well, Pat and Gazire. I like playing Pat and Gazire. He's a guy who can, uh, who can, you know, score DK wise for you if he doesn't get in too much trouble. Yeah, I like the Svensson call. You know, looked good last week, 24th game, pretty good, you know, and you said it. He's good on approach, good with the irons. Also had a ninth at the Genesis, so some, some good showings recently. Also, someone who's been good recently is uh, Justin Suh. So I'll probably play some of him as well. Dave, what about you? 
at a seven K flat before we get into the sub seven Ks. Can you guys talk me out of Gary Woodland? Cause he cost me a whole bunch of money last week. Yeah. Uh, don't, Gary don't play Gary Woodland. Does that work? Don't, don't, don't play Gary Woodland. Fair enough. Uh, looking at sub seven K uh, you got Hayden Buckley and Joel Dahman are going to hit a lot of fairways for you. Really good on ball striking numbers. Justin Sutter, like like you guys said, Davis Riley. Uh, Sam Ryder, 6,300. Seems a little too cheap for, you know, what he's got talent-wise. But you start digging down deep here, and you're really giving up a lot of win equity. I mean, you're just hoping any of your guys are just going to make the cut. And, you know, you have a week like last week. That's not going to be good enough. I mean, it seems Doug Gim sucks, but I remember him being good here um, a couple years back. He is a ball striker. No. Yeah, yeah, this is pretty much the only place on tour he's good. Yeah, 6,100. That's worth a dart. SH Kim, too, hasn't been too bad this year. So he's, I think he's viable here. Mike, what about you? You like any of these scrubs? I gave you Ryan Fox last week. I'm going back there. I gave you Robbie Shelton last week. I'm going back there. Uh, past that, you know, you're, you're, I don't hate Svensson, maybe a dabble of Mullinex, but like you guys, you're giving up too much win equity, and especially with that, you know, real balanced 8K where you can jam six of them in there. Like, I, I just, you know, a couple of Stars and Scrubs lineups, like I'll try to get a little bit of ROM, like I said, at the top, but, you know, there, there's just so much value in that 9 and 8 range that, it, you know, you really kind of should be avoiding here if you can. Can anybody find Steven Yeager? Because I thought I had him starred, and now yeah, I can't find him. Six thousand five hundred. I'm looking at it because I was looking at looking at Lanto Griffin. I was curious what his history here was here, but yeah, Steve Yeager's uh, six thousand five hundred also. Yeah, I, th- I thought I had him starred. I mean, he he's been pretty good this year too, and good on approach. So I, I think Jaeger that's. Pr- yeah, I think Yeager bombs is probably the lowest I'll go. You know, maybe him him or Riley. And you've got uh, what about what what about Lant- Lanto Griffin's history here? I mean, it's he's coming off injury, haven't really been been doing much, but he's a guy who's I uh, just always uh, kind of like playing. He's a good good ball striker. Yeah, I just I don't trust it. With he yeah. has not looked good for a while. Yeah, good point. Yeah, box suited, dude. What about what about uh, Garrett Garrett Higo? I've been playing a lot of Garrett Higo lately. Yeah, I don't hate it. What's uh Echeverria's number? Uh, he won last week at yeah, the alternate. Yeah, he, he won the Puerto Rico. Yeah, I don't even see him here. He got added. I got an email from them. They added him to the player pool. 61. Yeah, maybe sixty-one. Yeah, that's. I don't even know who this fucking. Oh dude yeah, was. yep, yeah. He won last week. Yeah, it doesn't mean shit. Yeah, but that was Puerto Rico. Still, winning's hard. Winning is hard. Winning winning is hard. This is true. This is true. All right, Dave, you can play Eka Berea. I'm good, though. Can anybody talk me out of Russell Knox, too? Because that guy has cost me a shit ton of money in the past. He has good history. Fuck Russell Knox. He hasn't been good this year, though. No, he hasn't. No. Dude, when has Russell Knox ever worked out for anybody? I feel like one time he did good for me. 
I'm starting to worry about the Masters already when you guys are going to have to talk me out of Sergio. Oh, fuck. Why'd you do that to me, Mike? <laughs> like, I know. We haven't had to worry about it because, you know, he's over at Liv. But, I'm, I, you know, I'm, actually, I'm, actually, I'm actually really excited for the majors to see the Liv guys back in action. Yeah, I can't go to – I can't wait to go 100% Bryson. I'm, me, for me, it's DJ, but <laughs> I'm with you. DJ and Brooks. Now, really, really, the play should probably be Cam Smith because he's the only one that's fucking looked any good at all of them. He's going to be at the players this week. He's so, be so let's uh, let's let's have that conversation real quick, and then we can dive into bets before we get out of here. So, you know, we were briefly talking about it. We talked about elevated events last week, but w- what do you guys think about the PGA? I, I just I don't see at all how it makes any sense to just basically copy what Liv is doing and make it a 70 man field with no cut. How, how is that making so anything fucking better? Dumb. So fucking dumb. Yep. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, I'm on record from the start. I think the PJ has kind of been handling this live thing all wrong, but yeah, this is just uh, another, I mean, the elevated event, getting more money, um, you know, in the prize pool and more, you know, guys, uh, more of the star players playing these events. I think that was a good idea um, because, you know, I think I saw something on TV where Roy was saying, uh, you know, how the, the PG golf players been getting soft. You know, there's no other sport where guys can take off that much and pick and choose when they play. So I think these these stars should be playing these events. So I like the elevated event and the you know, bring the prize pull up. But why go away from what makes you different from them with the cut? You know, with more golfers and a cut, the 70 golfers and a no cut. That's just uh, yeah. Why are you emulating someone that hasn't been that successful and acting like it's you know a huge threat? Yeah, re- really. I mean, why not just make it three rounds too for those tournaments, and and then you can just it it makes no sense whatsoever. No, it. I mean, the only it. I hate what it does for betters. What it does for DraftKings. I mean, getting rid of the cut on Friday afternoon, you know, takes a lot of fun out of the event there. But I mean, if you look at it from the other side of things. On Sunday, you want to have your broadcast with all the best golfers in the world. You're going to guarantee that you do that. Uh, to make it into the top 70 is going to be a big thing that you'll see and kind of hype up some of these alternate events like the Honda that honestly nobody gives a shit about. Um, so maybe there's a point to it. Just playing devil's advocate. I hate what they did because I enjoy cut events. Yeah, ma- making the cut is is it's almost a climax of the tournament in itself. You know, it, it, it makes Friday that much more interesting, that much more important there at, right. at a no cut event. There's no point in even tuning in or giving a shit until Sunday. And, and sure, maybe that's when there's the most viewership and that's when the sponsors care about the most, but you have these guys get, they have to show up to these tournaments. The best golfers in the world are going to be there on Sunday, 90% of the time anyway. So yeah. Yeah. And, no, and, it's- yeah. Now, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, I just don't get it. Um, you know, like I said, the, the cut sweat on Friday and, you know, half the field, if you don't make it, you don't get paid, you know, it just adds more, you know, more to, to the importance of the tournament. I just, uh, I don't, I don't see why they would, they would go away from it. Yeah. yeah there, there are ways uh, to kind of adjust the tour to, to make it more appealing to the players without 
pulling this bullshit. Like, you know, granted, I only learned about elevated events a week ago, but it seems like a pretty good idea. Like that's there's incentive to get your top players in these events. I'm totally for that. You know, get these players paid. But it's, you know, at at what cost? Like, you know, you're, you're. why are you emulating something you're trying to say isn't a threat to you? And I still, uh, you know, Fitz goes on record saying what he says. I still go on record saying Liv is for the most part a big nothing burger and the PGA will work it out eventually. Um, I don't hate drawing the line in the sand at the beginning. Um, you know, let them go fucking play overseas. Cam Smith is the only one that anyone gives a shit about. DJ has, you know, he's still DJ, but he's not, you know, DJ, like he was a couple of years ago. Bryson is a fucking head case and hasn't won an event in God knows how long. Brooks is, is you know, completely in his own head at this point. Who knows if he ever gets it back? You know, Netflix told me that. Um, although Netflix told me to play Damon last week and we saw how that worked out. You know, I, I, I just think, you know, just stand your ground. Do what you do. Let let live do what it does. Like, you know, it, it's I just don't get why we're we're making such drastic kind of reactionary things here when there are much easier solutions out there. One of those solutions being like, fuck the rest of the world. Like we're going to do our thing. Yeah. That there's no reason that they need to cater. I mean, it's just straight panic mode since live happened. And I think the elevated events, the way they had it this year was fine. And, and we'll end it at this. I mean, Rory put it perfectly when asked about it, he said, I think you should have to earn it. And and that's that's the case. You're the best golfers in the world. You shouldn't have to worry about making the cut. I don't think so. I've disagreed with a word Rory has said in the last year or so about all of this bullshit. Like he, I he's agree. just God, you know, I I absolutely am a hundred percent on board with his entire outlook on this. Anyone who wants to go play, let him go play. I, I want to be as good as I can possibly be. And the only place I could do that is on the PGA tour. I'm not comparing myself because of money or blah, blah, blah. Like I want wins. I want majors. I want, I want my name in those history books and you know, money will come with all of that. It's, it's just so, you know, guess they are kind of just shooting themselves in the dick on some of this but it, it it's kind of infuriating to a degree mike uh rory said he had no idea he was in the lead on i don't remember if it was 14 15 15 16 went bogey bogey last week how how do you feel about that do you think most golfers know where they are on the leaderboard i was curious about your opinion on that um it depends to be perfectly some some golfers out there are leaderboard watchers um i never was not that anyone gives a shit but i played a little bit when i was a kid um it, it, it's, nah, don't, don't sell yourself short we're asking his opinion because he was actually the 98 junior champion so uh there you go like i said i i played a little bit as a kid um you know, I was never one to watch a leaderboard like i i've and i've done the same thing like i i you know, funny story. My dad will never let me lead it down. I, I was leading going into 16 one time. I didn't think I was at the time. Like I wasn't playing the best final round. Um, felt like I was a couple shots off. It was a par five, hit a good drive. And I took a rip with a three wood off a side hill lie that I snap hooked to hell and back. Um, ended up making double and losing by two. Um, 
you know, thought thought I had the lead or thought I had to chase at the time and and just completely played myself out of it. But, you know, some got like Tiger watched leaderboards. Tiger, Tiger wanted to know where he was. Other guys out there, you know, it, it's put your blinders on and run your race. Like if you run as fast as you can, it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing around you. So I I kind of had that mentality myself. I get where yeah. Rory's coming from there. But, you know, it, it's honestly just a personal thing about half of them are watching and half of them aren't. Yeah, and I believe that. Rory looks like the type of guy who's not watching the scoreboard. He's trying to probably just want to um, play his game. What I will say, like I said, half of the players are watching, half of the players aren't. 100% of caddies are watching that leaderboard. So sometimes, you know, the value of a great caddy is they're kind of letting you know where you stand without letting you know where you stand. Like trying to play, you know, golf is is, you know, 80% mental. Like, you know, you could teach a monkey to swing a golf club. It, it's what's between your ears. So it, a, a lot of the value in a caddy is, is kind of, you know, keeping you in there almost subconsciously without telling you like, you know, Hey, asshole, put the fucking three wood away. Like, you know, we could, we can still make birdie going, you know, seven iron wedge here. Like you don't have to hit this shot. Yeah. No, that makes sense. All right, so if we can get out of here on some of our favorite bets, I only have a couple so far this week. Probably going to add a couple more, but uh, DraftKings offered the plus 250 bonus, and I took Justin Thomas, so I got him at 2250. Also got Morikawa at 28, and... I just saw Hideki and an 85 next to him. So I did that. I don't think he's in good form. He hasn't been playing well at all, but Hideki and 85 that there's just certain times where I see a number next to a golfer's name and I am betting it every time. So that was, that was one of them. Also, Dave, I know we were talking about potentially Chris Kirk. Uh, I kind of like his top 20. So might actually take a stab on that, but Dave, what, what do you got so far? Like I said, I had Jason Day that I got on Saturday hanging on a futures line at 55. His number's down in that 28 to 30 range, which I would not be betting today. But I like his number in the 50s. I saw Morikawa open at 28. Um, again, a big Morikawa fan, uh, so I bet that there. And I'm going to look. I'll probably add something. I haven't bet anything else yet. Uh, I looked at that Chris Kirk number, but I don't like, you know, we talked about, I think he's a better top 20 than an outright bet here. Uh, Cam Young might get my attention. Uh, still want to see if maybe Max Homa, that number floats a little bit higher, maybe closer to 30. I'd be comfortable with that. And I'm going to stare long and hard at Tony Fino probably until Wednesday. Uh, you know, as his number gets to 30, he's shown he can win lately. Uh, but don't listen to me. I haven't hit a fucking winner all year. I, I've hit a couple winners, and I'm actually right on the same page as you because I, I'm looking to add one, maybe even two more, and and Homa and Fino are are definitely two that I'm eyeing. So I I, I think if Homa does slip a little bit, I'm that's that's definitely going to happen. But Fitz, Could have you have you looked at mats. any? It's it's golf. It can happen at any time. You know it's. Sometimes there's up, sometimes there's downs, and all you need is one to get back on track. That is true. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably uh, 
I'm probably going to take two two bets this week. So I'm either I'm either looking at Fitzpatrick or Speed at 35, and uh, then I'll take you know I'll go down further, take a stab. Um, I don't know if it's going to be this week, but I do think Sahith Tagala is going to win on tour this year. Um, so I might throw something at him at 75 to one or Harris English at 90. So it's either Harris English or Tagala at 75 and 90, or uh, one of Fitzpatrick or Speed at 35. Yeah, I actually thought about Spieth just with how well he's been hitting the irons. If that putter does come around and he gets out of his head, he he could absolutely win this. And he's actually 41 on FanDuel. So that's actually a number I, I could swallow. You know, there's there's some risk there if the back really is injured, but it it's it's worth a look. Mike, what about you? And anything you see that stands out? Uh, Fitzy and Spieth, I was all over those two. Um, kind of pissed at Fitz, kind of still both of them right in front of me. Um, I think not Ricky to win, but I think Ricky top 10 at five and a half, I think is possible at a course he's had a decent history at before. Um, you know, Kirk is interesting, already has a win a couple weeks ago. You know, that's a decent number at, at 80. Um, and then we're just kind of throwing darts down here. Um, you know, probably looking for maybe a couple of, you know, sneaky top five, sneaky top tens. I think Ryan Fox as a top 10 at, at, uh, 1400 is decent. Um, but, uh, you know, you're not going super deep here. It, it is the fifth major. It's not gonna, you know, you're not going to shock anyone here. Webb Simpson's 180 to one. I, I was before. literally just going to say that Fitz. <laughs> and so is Gary Woodland. <laughs> I, I mean, crazier things have happened, but no, I mean, Webb Web has been showing some flashes lately. The irons look good last week. 180 is yep. not bad for, for a yep. place he's played well in the past. All right, but I think that's going to do it for this week. We obviously covered a lot of ground. The fifth major, we're, we're ready. We're, we're definitely taking this one down, but... If you want to check out thehelmsports.com, obviously I have my hardcore parkour article over there. That's my core four, DraftKings ownership, fades and pivots. Also check out progolfnow.com. And I have the rundown over there. That's my course preview, as well as my DraftKings value plays. And then check back Friday night for the showdown third round write-up. Actually didn't do too well, I think. Pretty much everyone I wrote on last Friday was plus three, so not exactly the best week there, but tend to do pretty well on showdowns, so definitely check that one out. But that's going to do it for this week. As always, thank you for listening, and remember, have yes. so much fun have out there. Fun out there. Mike, you surprised <laughs> by uh, all the pricing this week with how well these guys played on Sunday? Huh? There was something early on. You were just talking about pricing. It was like, ah, oh, I can't believe that Rom's price is here with, you know, how poorly he played over the weekend because pricing came out on Thursday. Last Thursday? Yeah. For real? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the for for majors and it's, shit, they usually do that. Like ma- Thursday it's or major, Friday. Bro. Just have fun out there.